Hello, everyone, and welcome to Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads. I'm Mike Laidman. And I'm Chris Blonsky. And we're two dads who also happen to be nerds. We certainly aren't experts, but we are open to sharing our experiences with other nerdy dads out there in the interest of keeping our kids alive. How are you doing on this fine family day, sir? I'm doing well, Mike. You remember how last week we started off and I couldn't remember what I was going to start with? Yes. I've got it this week, Mike. You remember now? Yes, I remember what it was. Is it still relevant? Yes, my son is Batman. <laughs> okay. Yes, he uh, he is now doing this deep guttural voice. So, like, if you kind of like growl at him or whatever, and go like, "Hello," he he'll do the same thing back to you in the same kind of deep guttural voice. So you'll be like, "Hi, Ben," and he'll be like, "Where are the other drugs going?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. But gotcha. as long as you say, "Where are the other drugs going?" Of course, <laughs> that's of course. what he'll say back to you. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, I thought you, Mike, as a comic fan, would appreciate that one. I do appreciate that one. Yeah. I do. Which is actually funny that you mentioned Batman, especially that voice Batman, because I'm, I'm rewatching those movies right now. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I recently rewatched Batman Begins, and he doesn't do the voice as much as I remember in Batman Begins. He does the, the, he does the, where are the drugs going? He does that bit. But other than that, it's very much like he mostly speaks with a normal voice. Oh, okay. But now- I'm in a dark night, and he's 100% talking like that all the time. <laughs> so, he's deep in it now. Yes, yeah. yes. So, that voice is is 100%. So, yeah, just just start pulling lines from Dark Knight, and then you'll have plenty of things for Ben to say. Well, exactly. And then, you know, when they do, like, the 15th reboot of Batman, you know, 20 years from now, maybe he can be the lead in the movie. Yeah, because they're on, what, the fourth reboot now? Something like I that? I feel like it, yeah. They're doing another one real soon. Yeah. I don't know much of the details about it, but I know they are doing one. All, all I can think of, of this new reboot, like, I don't know if it's going to be good. The guy who's directing it was the guy who directed the last two Planet of the Apes movies, and I really liked those movies. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like, okay, I'm in this point where I'm like, I'm on board with this, but I'm not on board with the fact that they're rebooting it again, like, so soon, especially when, like... The DC stuff is just so all over the place. It's not even funny. Because, I mean, think about it. They released Aquaman, which is part of their big universe. Yep. And then they released Joker, which is not. And then they've released Birds of Prey, which is back in their old u- in the universe. And then they're releasing this Wonder Woman, which is back in this universe. And then they're releasing Batman, which is not in this universe but also not in the joker universe so it's like <laughs> what what's going on so at, at risk of of launching you into a 45 minute explanation does batman exist in both we'll call it the justice league universe and like the batman joker universe in in the movies like what do you, which what do you mean like he's in batman because batman's in the justice league universe yeah he's, he's in the he's justice Bat, league he's batfleck yeah yeah, that's right. But and there's also the Batman movies with Joker in it that Superman and all them have no part in. Apparently, yes. Then this new one. Yeah, yeah. So is does he exist in both like simultaneously? Then from what I understand, because actually I was talking to a friend about this because because we saw Joker finally. Laura and I mm-hmm. finally got it from the bookmobile, and this isn't a spoiler for the movie because like it's Joker and. 
obviously Batman, it's a Batman movie in some sense of the word. Batman right. inevitably is going to appear in this universe. And because, I mean, like, if you watch the trailers and stuff, you see Bruce Wayne is a little kid. So, therefore, you should know just from seeing Bruce Wayne as a little kid that Batman himself is not going to show up in this movie. But in in the universe of that movie, is Batman going to show up is was the discussion that i was having with with a friend of mine because he's like well in theory batman might not ever appear in that universe and i'm like yeah but come on like uh, batman is probably going to show up in that universe and then the exact same thing that happened in gotham which was the main point why i couldn't get into gotham will be happening into that joker universe and it's the fact that Batman's rogues gallery establishes itself when he's a child, so he grows up to become the master of martial arts and beats up a bunch of mentally ill old men. Because, like, Joker's, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is, like, in his 40s, 50s, right? Like, Right, yes. And and so, you know, this kid is going to grow up and fight crime in his 30s, and Joaquin Phoenix is going to be, like, 70. You know, like, like, (laughs) well, in the original Batman TV show, the Joker was quite old (laughs) in comparison to Batman and Robin. I I guess so. But still, that's the one thing I just like. Yeah, nothing says tough Batman like the guy who just beats up 40 and 50 year olds. (laughs) Like, (laughs) well, to get this back on track, since Joker will be in like Depends diapers or something. Yes, back to diapers. Ben is now letting us know when he has dirty diapers and only only like poopy diapers, but he will come up to you and point at his diaper and go, uh oh, oh, really? Which has been, yeah, it's been tremendously helpful. And it gives us a little bit of hope that potty training won't be an absolute nightmare We're we're hoping this is a good sign, but it's hard to say. See, like, I find that that you this is the first experience I've ever heard of anyone Who's had the uh, not had the opposite effect? Because everyone I know who has kids, when they ask their kid if the kid is pooped, the kid goes no, and meanwhile they stink of shit. <laughs> you know, like you can smell them coming from up the hallway, yeah. and then like, did you poop? No, no. They, you know, they, they won't admit it. They don't tell you they pooped, right, and then your right. son is kind of like f- walking in and fessing up. Yeah, well, he doesn't love it. He doesn't love that dirty butt feeling, right? As I can imagine, most people wouldn't. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of my dirty butt. I no, say. no, that's right. I no. want my diaper changed immediately. <laughs> of, course, of course. <laughs> well, that's good. What, what did you spend your family day doing? Anything fun? We went to... No. No. Tiff was working, and then I was parenting at home. That's what we did on family day. But on Valentine's Day, Mike, mm. we did virtual reality at Control V in Hamilton. Oh, really? I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's um, They've got, I think, 16 or 24 booths or something. And basically, each booth is, you know, like a little 10 by 10 box with a, a VR helmet and, and the little handles and controllers and stuff. And then you sign up as groups. So, like, in, in our case, it was just Tiff and I in our group. And all the games are isolated to just your group. So... You know, when we went, there was a lot of little kids and Tiff and I were kind of questioning what the hell we were doing there. But uh, yeah, so you don't end up in a situation where you can just absolutely beat the tar out of, you know, five-year-olds or something. You're just kind of playing amongst yourselves. But right. in general, it was actually a lot of fun. I was really concerned that I would get motion sickness and stuff because that is a, a issue that I have is is I will get motion sickness and, and throw up everywhere. But uh, it actually didn't bother me at all. Either the games we played were, you know, motion sickness friendly or 
maybe I, it doesn't affect me the way I thought it was going to, but it was a lot of fun. What games did you play? We played uh, Hell Dimension VR. That was probably my favorite one. Sort of like a survival kind of... Uh, if you remember, um, what's it? House of the Dead? Yep. Very similar to that. It was a very similar game to that. We played some sort of campy kids game for like five minutes that wasn't really good. That was kind of a crappy one. We played a space game, the name I can't remember. It, that is one I would like to play again, but it was a lot more complicated if you've never done VR before. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to actually like, move your guy around. It just wasn't for us. But but overall, though, it was a lot of fun. I would like to go back with, like, a bigger group. I think that would be a riot. Was it PC or, like, PlayStation VR? Or? Uh, it's all PCs. So, they all run off of Steam. So, all your kind of, like, the classic VR games, like Beat Saber and stuff, you could play those, too, if you wanted. But Tiff and I had talked about it afterwards. It's like, I don't know if I would want to actually buy a virtual reality thing at home right because i feel like the novelty would wear off a little bit but certainly treating it like laser tag right where you go once a month or something like that that would be i think that'd be perfect it's like like a perfect balance right i'm always looking for more excuses to bring laser tag like activities into my life so (laughs) i feel like this might be a great way to do so when it really wasn't that expensive i think it was 25 bucks a person for an hour you know, so I think laser tags were like 12 bucks a game if we were continuing to do right, the laser right. tag. Not that we've played in the last 10 years, but, you know, years ago, that's what it used to be. Now, how's that cost compared to blacklight bowling? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point, Mike. Good point. Mm. Yes. But anyway, no, it was it was uh, very affordable. So, yeah, I definitely would like to go back and do it with a bigger group because there was certainly some games I think would be a lot of fun with, you know, four people, six people, eight people, something like that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'd like to I'd like to try that at some point too. Like uh Tiff actually sent us messages like, "Hey, we're here." And I was like, "What? Let's go. Why are we <laughs> not there right now?" But, you know, we were raising our child. So that was that that was, you know, our Valentine's Day was very much a let's sit and watch we watched some Netflix show that's name is escaping me right now. Oh, uh Love is Blind, which is uh a Netflix dating show where a bunch of people sit in rooms and they don't see the person on the other side and then they get to know each other and then by the end of a few days they choose to propose so the the experiment is can you actually fall in love with a person having never seen them before and then once you're engaged can the relationship survive once you've actually met you know face right. to face cuz like are you the kind of person that's like i don't care about a physical attraction and then you see the other person and you're like nope you know, like, like, you know, that's but, paramount to me. That's why I married my hot wife. Yes, yes. Well, it's it's uh, from what I've seen. There's a, some trials and tribulations because they did the whole like uh, she's in the room again, isn't she? <laughs> she is. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to score some brownie points see, here, Mike. I saw you look off camera and acknowledge <laughs> that if she heard that or not. Yeah. I'm just just so that I don't get scared by a sudden gremlin walking through the background no, again this no, week, right. like I did last week. <laughs> but they, they've shown in the trailers, like, hey, this season on Love Is Blind, where it's been a few people where it's like. Oh, she's black. I don't care. But meanwhile, like her family's like, you can't marry a white man, you know, like stuff like that. Right, right. So, so we'll see where it goes. I, I, I was talking to 
Laura, who was talking to one of her coworkers, who's also watching it, and she's a few episodes ahead of us, and she says, we've seen th- some things that are very cringy, but apparently it's worse from where we are. Oh, like, no. It gets worse, so I'm like, can't wait. I cannot wait. Because there's a lot of stuff about it where I'm like, okay, like I get how this could work, but at the same time, it's like, there, there is literally from when it begins, there is a four-week deadline to when you are going to get married. Right. So if you spend two days getting to know somebody, then you have, and then before you propose, then you have, you know, five days and three weeks until the wedding. But if you spend like two weeks trying to get to know someone and then propose, then you have two weeks till the wedding. It's all, right, it's okay. all very weird. And, and, but it was really funny that I, that it was like, well, really? You're, you're, you're putting this all into like a four week period before they have to get married. Like people are literally proposing on like the third day. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Well, oh. did you have you, did you ever see the show? I believe it's called Marriage at First Sight. I, th- I think that's what it was on A&E. I don't know if it's still on, but it was on a couple years ago. Basically, it's the same premise is you do, they do like the matchmaker kind of deal who pairs you up with people. And then you have, I believe, six weeks. They get married immediately. And then you have six weeks to decide if you want to get divorced or stay married. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I don't know why you would ever subject yourself to a show like this unless you just wanted to be on TV. It's quite of course, possible. As you can imagine, none of the relationships work out ever. Right. You know? I'm not shocked. I, I've seen a few people that were like, well, I'm getting old. Like, there's a couple people who are like in their 30s who are like, I'm getting old. I'm, I'm past the time of dating. I want to get right. married, you know? So that's why some people say that they are there. But. Some people I could see 100% are there to to get married. Or, just, yeah. I mean, just to be famous, I mean. Well, and it just feels like, I mean, they're getting set up for failure, right? Because I don't know about this Netflix show, but the other one was you spend the first week or two, you know, on some tropical island. Everything is paid for and of all course. this stuff. You know, so, of course, you're having a great time, you know, and then they come home to the reality and then living with somebody new and, you know. Yeah. I live in a shoebox and I'm a hoarder. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's all my dark secrets. Yeah, let me just lay them all out for you. Yeah. Well, that's so, that's one thing that's really funny, too, is we're watching the episodes and one of the guys, he's proposed already. And his dark secret is that he's bisexual. Okay. And it's just like, okay, why is that an issue? No, that's, that's really not. Yeah. But they keep treating it like it's this thing where, he, I mean, for all we know, it's going to get to this point where he's like, babe, I'm bisexual. It should be like, what? You could like men get out. Like I, I don't, I don't know. It could go to that. I have twice the competition now as your married wife. Yeah, but but to me, I'm just like, okay, who gives a shit? If she, yeah, if exactly. she likes you, then she likes you, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, but that's the other thing that I thought was very interesting too. Is is it's a hundred percent couples. It's all boy girl couples, and then there's this one dude who's like, "I'm bisexual. No one must know my deep dark secret." Like, <laughs> <You're> okay, <tee-hee. laughs> yeah. So that's what we did on Valentine's Day. But for Family Day, Family Day, we got to do something that's kind of becoming a Laidman family tradition on holidays, and that's go to the emergency room. <laughs> oh, what were you there for this time? Well, Mike? okay. To be fair, we weren't in the emergency room. We were in urgent care. Is that still at the hospital? No, it's like an urgent care facility. Like if, if it's bad enough, they'll send you to the hospital. It's like a oh, clinic okay, okay. kind of a thing. Yeah, we were there for the same reason. We always are there. Is uh, William has an ear infection again. This is his third ear infection in as many months since he started at daycare. Man, that's crazy. 
Yeah. And and this one we discovered early because I was doing the parenting thing while Laura was at work today and we were playing downstairs and I was like, do you have boogers coming out of your ears? Oh, these aren't boogers. This is something else. Oh, nice. So, yeah, he had some mucus coming out of his ears. And I, I thankfully, thankfully, I took a picture of it and sent it to Laura because when we got to the actual doctor, it was like done. Like it, it completely stopped. And right, he looked okay. at it and he looked at it. and He's like, I don't see anything wrong here. And I'm like, this is what it looked like two hours ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so did they give you I know we, we talked about this the first time, but did they give you any advice as to like stuff you can do to prevent this from happening or anything like that? Or is he just predisposed to getting ear infections I, he's like it's kind of a thing like he's just gonna keep getting them because that was something that laura actually got a lot as a kid too i mean he's constantly boogery so he's probably like wiping his nose and putting it in places that he shouldn't because he's a baby right. and he just sticks his hands everywhere when they're soaking wet of course all the time mm -hmm. uh, it was funny because that's the other thing too is we went to the doctor and we're like yeah his left ear is leaking mucus and he's like well, his left ear looks fine, but his right ear looks like it's infected. And we're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like so we didn't leave empty handed, but it was like, because, you know, that's the thing you worry about. You go like, every time he, something is wrong with him. We're like, if we go and they tell us it's nothing, we'll have just wasted like three hours, you know? And this time we get there and he's like, oh, yeah, there's nothing going on with this year. But this year, we'll set you a prescription for that. And we're like, OK, what the hell? But but at the same time, once I was like, look at this picture of this gross ear. He's like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'll get you some like drops for right, the other right. ear. So, so, yeah. So, we've been giving him – we gave him drops. That's uh, part of the reason why we were a little late recording tonight was because we had to go get the prescription for William so that we could hook him up with his drops before bed kind right. of thing. So, so – so, does he have, like, tubes in his future or anything like that? Or is it still too early to tell, I guess? I I have no idea. I I, I would say too early to call at this point. Right, okay. Yeah. But in other news, William's been doing great. And lots of, like, that's the funny thing. Like, with that issue, he was fine all day. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that goop was leaking out of his ears, you would have thought he was having a great day. Like, right. Like, he had no issues the entire day. We were fine, having fun, playing. And he's been doing a whole bunch of new things as of late that I just like. Some of them aren't a lot of fun, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got I to gotta say. <laughs> so, William has finally popped teeth on the top, and he's got the teeth from the bottom, right? So, he's got like three, three teeth and then like one half a tooth coming in kind of a thing, right? Right. He started to grind his teeth. Oh. Yeah. Like his one tooth. So I'm I'm sitting there like feeding him a snack and he's just like and I'm like, oh my God. Just stop kind of it. experimenting with them, see I, how they I, work, I guess. I guess. He's just grinding away and it, it I was not happy. I was not <laughs> pleased. That sounds horrible. <laughs> no, it was not good. I, I was not a fan of him doing that. Uh, he's discovered, cause remember how we were talking about like, uh, he, he doesn't like being in the pack and play anymore. So we've let him loose in the kitchen now. We just kind of just let him go and he, he runs around and does whatever he wants. Well, he right. likes to play in the kitchen cart. We have a, a cart in the kitchen that's full of old bottles and stuff that, you know, we don't use anymore. And now that's William's favorite play toy is he just goes to that and he starts pulling all of the bottles off and like, Hey, remember this soother you haven't used since you were like two months old and it's covered in cat hair and dust into the mouth that goes, you know, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Our kids great, Mike. It's been a great time. There's um, a shelf outside of the bathroom. I'm sure you've seen it when you've been here. We have a shelf that's outside of the bathroom. It's a bookcase and we put like deodorant and stuff on it just because there's nothing. Like, there isn't like a shelf in our bathroom, right? It's right next to the bathroom. Well, that's also another one of his favorite play places too. And it, because it's just a bookshelf in the hallway, it hasn't been the most thoroughly cleaned over the years. Sure. So now that he's playing with it, I'm like, ugh. I have to do a deep clean on this thing. So I did that on Friday. It took an hour and a half to clean all of the hair and dust off of this stupid bookshelf. Damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like there was a mountain of hair on there. It was gross. Like, cause there's st- like the bottom shelf, right? Like you, you do the dust on the, on the shelf, but there's like books there. And on top of all the books is like a ton of dust and a ton of cat hair that's just blown right, on top right. of it and stuff like that. So, so now that's all clean. So we don't have to worry about him playing with that anymore. But the other fun thing is now that he started to, to walk around and find new places to play, another new place he's found to play is on the stairs yep yeah so he climbs he climbs a little bit up the stairs and then he starts playing like because he used to like grab a toy and then bring it with him to the top of the stairs well now he goes about halfway up the stairs and continues sits down and starts playing with the toy (laughs) just to sort of see what it's like yeah oh the my favorite my favorite was you know those stacking cups that he really likes right he was climbing the stairs and stacking the cups. So, like, he'd climb one step and then take the tower and rebuild it on the step above him, climb to that step, and then rebuild the tower again, and then climb to the next step <laughs> and rebuild the tower, like, just over it's and over like the world's slowest slinky kind of thing. Yeah, it was like a reverse slinky, and it was like, I, I don't like this. This is taking forever, and I'm not a fan of it. Does William do... I'll call it training, but oftentimes Ben will learn like a new, especially with the stairs, learn like a new stair skill because right now Ben is learning to step down like, you know, a regular person, but he'll do it and he'll do it for like 30 minutes, just up the stairs, down the stairs, up the stairs, down the stairs. Like, does William do the same kind of thing? Uh, somewhat. Like, it depends on what he's doing. Like, he, I think that's why he's so good at stacking cups now because he would just stack cups forever. Right. I mean, he, he's gotten really good at climbing up the stairs, but going down, he still has no idea how to do that. Oh, okay. He, you know, he just sort of like backpedals and you have to like catch him and be like, nope, that's not how that's done. <laughs> it just goes, yeah, Indiana Jones style. He is making the efforts to like back himself down. Like he's given it a shot, but he's not quite got it yet. But Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just curious. Yeah. There, there is one thing that he's been playing with that actually is great. And I love that he plays with it is a friend of ours came over and she gave us a ball pit for William. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got like this little tiny inflatable ball pit. And it's so funny because I say ball pit, but it's got like 10 balls in it and it's this huge thing. So it's not a very, you know, big ball pit. Like, yeah. If you look at the if you look at the front cover, this thing looks like it's full of balls and then you actually put it in and it's like, you know, it's like somebody stole all the balls or something like that. <laughs> well, is it used? Cuz maybe the balls are all gone. No, it's brand new. Oh, brand, brand new right new. out of the box. And and it's Toy Story. It's a Toy Story like it's called like Buzz's Playland or something like that. Like but it's weird cuz it's not like Buzz Lightyear themed. Like Buzz Lightyear is on it, but it's called like Lightyear Playpad or something like that. Right. But it has all of the characters, all of the main characters from Toy Story 4 on it. So, like, Bo Peep is on it. and, and But it's got the, like, the scariest picture of Jesse. 
Do you remember Jessie, the cowgirl? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like this horrifying photo of Jessie where she's like got her hands on her hips, but she's got this smile on her face where she looks like she's like, like a puppet and she's coming to kill you, you know, like. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. the dummy from Goosebumps? She looks like yes, the dummy from I was Goosebumps. Say, kind of like the eyes that are just a little too wide open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's got the smile on her face where she's like, "I'm gonna cut you." you know, like, <laughs> so that's fun. That, that's yeah. a that's a good picture if, on the if side. If William starts having nightmares, you know where it's from now. Yes, definitely. It'll be from Jesse on the, on the ball pit. But yeah, so it's been a good week. It's been a weird week. It's been a you know a teeth grindy, eardroppy day i don't know <laughs> it's 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 been fun it's been right fun. right but that's parenting in a nutshell right there right yeah definitely but enough of that let's talk about something that we keep talking about on this show whether we mean to or not it just it's just is such a kind of a train wreck of a topic that they just keep coming and just keep coming there's always more news to talk about in this and that's these folding phones Yes, that's right. Did you watch the latest Samsung Unpacked 2020? I watched the highlights because it's funny because every time, like, you know that I'm the big gaming guy. I like to watch the E3 presentations, right? Like, right. So I'm in that world. I'll watch a presentation where some executive comes out and is like, man, we get the best lineup. But for some reason, I've tried to watch the Apple conferences. I've tried to watch the Samsung conferences. I don't know what it is about like phones or or these kind of devices or like, cause even Microsoft conferences too. It's so much more boring when it, when it's like a device. Yes. Oh, especially nowadays because the devices are also similar. You know, it's like, Hey, here's the latest, greatest version of whatever phone. It's a different color. Yeah. Check it out. It comes in this color. And this color. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it was way more exciting 10 years ago, you know, but. Yeah. Or it's like this year's camera has this setting that last year's camera had, but better. You know, like, like <laughs> that's the kind of presentations there. Yeah. So, that's right. But, but it's magical this year, though. Yeah. So I remember I, I watched the presentation. I watched the flip part. And then I tuned out when they started talking about the S20. But since we're not talking about the S20, we're talking about the flip. What were your initial impressions about the flip? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I liked it better than all the all the others in, in the sense that there's two others. But I liked it. It's an all glass screen. That was very interesting to me because somehow they've made a glass screen bendable because the, the razor is like a plastic. It's like feels like a cheap plastic, supposedly. Yes. So that that's the part that kind of jumped out at me. What was interesting to me is that they've really committed to the whole folding thing. Like they've said they they see all their phones, you know, in X number of years being folding every single one, which was like, wow, that's kind of crazy to me. Well, I would say skip this one. Okay. Because are you familiar with the YouTube channel Jerry Rig Everything? Yes. So I don't watch all of his videos, but every so often, if I'm interested in a phone, I will watch the video where he destroys them. Right. And he did one about the flip. And the the claim of it being an all-foldable glass screen might be a little more of a lie than Samsung is letting on. Oh, why? What did he, what did he discover? So, he does a scratch test on all of his screens. Okay. 
and he has, I forget what they're, uh, I think they're like diamond bits or something like that, where he puts a piece of tape on his screen and then he picks like, they're like, they're like a hardness, like a diamond hardness or whatever. And he starts at two and he works his way up and glass doesn't start scratching until around five. Oh, okay. This scratched with two. Mm, so it's like a soft glass. It's, he's like, yeah. I wouldn't say this is this is glass because he's like, this is the the level that it's scratching at is the level that plastic scratches at. And on top of that, he was also able to scratch it with his fingernail. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like quite significantly with his fingernail, I would say as well. And also... What this is something that they didn't talk about either, but there's a warning the second you turn on the phone that's like, don't press too hard on the screen. Like on the middle, like where the crease is or like, just no, in general? On this, just in general. It says, don't press too hard on the screen. And he wow. showed why, because he like, he poked the screen and he would get like, well, I mean, obviously he's using like a bit, right? So sure. he poked the screen and not only did he slice into the glass- but he poked right in and broke the pixels on the screen like immediately. Oh damn! Yeah, like so he didn't like, he didn't push. He's like, I'm not pushing hard at all. I'm, I'm literally just boop boop boop, and it, it would break the screen just like that. So it was kind of like because my opinion of the phone was like, man, this is really neat. Like because everything I heard about it was, was it was really funny that their timing corresponded when it did. Because I don't know if you watch anything by The Verge, but they were doing their first impression video on the flip, and they're like, this is. The funniest timing, because I'm in the middle of doing my review for the Razer. Like, he's he's still writing his review for the Razer. And he's like, and I, I can already tell you that this is a much better phone than the Razer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and having just seen it for the first time. So, apparently, the Razer is terrible. So, once I heard the Razer was really bad, and I mean, we talked about it before, too. There was a lot of talk about how... You know, the Razer wasn't the greatest before, and you right. said the screens were breaking. And so I was like, okay, well, if this is what it says it is, it's already better. And it's a, it's cheaper. It's supposed to be cheaper by like $100 or something like that. I was going to say, it's still expensive. I think it's 1400 bucks. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like $100. This is, we're talking US dollars. We don't yeah. have the direct Canadian conversion, but f- like it's like $100 cheaper for a bench, apparently a better phone. Like the stats are better, like has a bigger hard drive, has better, faster RAM, like all of the, the screens are nicer, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Apparently, the phone itself isn't the greatest. Another thing that he did, too, which I was just like, oh, like if you want to torture yourself, if you, if you like technology and you like it to look pristine, don't watch these Jerry Rig everything videos because this guy will put you through the ringer with all of the shit that he does to these phones. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that he did was because one of the claims that Samsung is, is claiming is that unlike their last phone, which ha- people were able to get things like some dust particles would get in the side and, and, and get under the screen and break it. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Might. They were like, this new phone, we put in a brand new thing in there. It will protect the phone. You, that won't, that won't worry. Like you don't have to worry about that. He like took like a handful of sand and like rubbed it all over the phone and then like closed the phone and opened it back up and like did all this stuff. And then after he did that, he would open and close the phone in front of a microphone and you could hear like crunching noises in it. Right. So it, some did get in and it, he's like, that's just going to wreck your screen. Similar to the way that me poking the screen wrecked the screen. Like, you know, 
but the one thing that he said was really that I thought was really funny is I, there's a little screen on the front of the phone that displays notifications and you can do selfies with that screen is glass and that screen didn't cut until he started using like the five diamond blade. So, <laughs> so that's a good screen. Yeah. So there you go. They're technically not lying because it is a glass screen. But yes. They're just talking about the little one inch one, not the full one. I, I still, you know, going back to what we've been talking about, I, I feel like this is still premature. Like, I feel like these phones probably still need another couple years to sort of grind out and, you know, work out all these bugs. Because a lot of this stuff seems really basic to me. Yeah. You know, and, and you think about it, like the screen scratching. Well, no big deal. I'll put a screen protector on it. But you can't. You can't put a screen protector on a foldable phone because they're going to wrinkle in the middle unless you have two separate screen protectors. But then if you move your hand up and down the screen, you're going to have like that weird gap thing that you feel all the time. Like Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I'm still not there yet with these things. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. And the other thing that I thought was really funny too was like he straight up bends it backwards and, and like just to see how you know like well let's see how well the hinge holds up and and bends it backwards. And I'm like, some idiot's going to sit on his phone and just do this. Like this is what's going to happen. You know, yeah. like they're going to not close it up and they're going to put it in their pocket and sit down or or like leave it open and sit down on it or. Yeah, somebody's somebody's kid grabs it and oh, bends it the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and it didn't take much. Like he said, he said it was the second attempt. Where the very first attempt, it actually popped part of the frame out, and then this the second attempt broke the glass on the back of the the phone and shattered the glass on the back. Damn. And then like, and then like the third attempt popped the frame on the other side. Like it was just. You know, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can't watch that channel. You know, every time it's like, <laughs> it's too painful for you. It is. Like I watched it when I bought my phone, the one that, that cracked. I watched his video to see how, you know, how durable the screen was. And I remember the scratch test. It did quite well. But apparently the drop test doesn't do very well. <laughs> it's not there, I, yeah. I learned I learned the hard way on that one. But yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm interested in these. All these flip phones so far have had the same thing. It's literally the same thickness on the top and the bottom. Whereas, you know, you remember kind of at the, the glory years of the flip phone, by the end, the top panel was quite thin. Like, if you think kind of like a laptop, right? The base is the thicker part, the monitor is the thin part. I wonder when they're going to just decide, ah, oh, let's just do it that way. Because I feel like that way might solve some of their issues. I think the razor is like that. The razor is very thin on the top. Well, no, the, so the Razor's got the chin. It's got a really big chin, but the thickness is roughly the same if you ignore the chin part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's a question. How long do you think before the other players start with, like, how long do you think before we get an Apple folding phone? You think it's the next, like, the 12 is a folding phone? I don't know. It's hard to say with Apple. I, I don't see them doing the folding thing yet. You know, the one thing you got to give Apple is they don't release stuff for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's you know unless it is ready to go and like a real top quality product right you know whereas i think you know samsung and lg and whatever they're they're willing to take a couple more risks whereas apple tends to sit on it i could see them down the road throwing one out there if, if samsung knocks one out of the park but i don't see the iphone 12 or the 13 being a flip phone well i mean you never know like Maybe maybe somebody will figure it out and they'll 
they'll be the person who partners with somebody else and then they'll they'll do it together like who knows maybe because i don't like don't apple phones use samsung screens or something like that yeah most of the world uses samsung screens to be honest with you samsung and lg they do everything maybe samsung's got this once they get this fold figured out we'll start seeing apple phones folding and that use the Samsung screens. It'll be a nice bit of corporate synergy between enemies that pans out. That's exactly it. Yeah. And then they'll all just, they'll amalgamate all the big tech companies together. <laughs> yeah. But you know what though? Sometimes that kind of thing, it doesn't work out. You, yeah. you don't have the tech giants melding their products together in a way that makes everybody happy. And, and that to me is best summed up by the incident that created the PlayStation back in the early nineties. Oh, now, now how well do you know about the creation of the PlayStation? I am fairly well versed because I watch a YouTube channel. I think you got me on the gaming historian gaming. historian. Yes. He went through a very deep dive, which we do not have nearly enough time to explain the full story, but well, I'll give a very, very condensed version. The reason that the PlayStation as we know it today exists is revenge is it's a hundred percent revenge. Nintendo was teaming with Sony. It began with them doing sound chips for the super Nintendo. That's how their relationship started sony and nintendo were going to produce a console together that was going to play games on cds cds was the way of the future and and you know so there was going to be this console that played nintendo's like super nintendo cartridges and then game cds and at the last minute after and i mean at the absolute last minute sony announced the the product at the Consumer Electronics Trade Expo that year, it was like 1992 or something like that, 92 or 93, the next day, Nintendo came out on stage and said, hey, we're doing this with Philips and not Sony. And Sony was just standing there like, what the hell? Like, why did you let us announce this when right. you were going to pull out? And they were pissed. They were absolutely pissed. And they had every right to be pissed. And they basically were like, well, we've already started doing this. Let's just keep doing it. And that's where the, the PlayStation came from. And there's a lot of, a lot of more history that I could go into there. But basically, there has been rumor for a long time, years ago, that there was, this existed, this Nintendo PlayStation. And sure enough, one was found. A guy found one in his dad's attic. Somebody posted on Reddit and this guy was like, my dad's got one of those in, in his attic. And people are like, yeah, sure. You, your dad's got that. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go get it? Is it next to the unicorn? You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and he's like, no, I, I'll go get it. And his dad's like, yeah, go ahead and get this thing out of the, out of my attic. Starts taking pictures of it, starts putting videos up of this Nintendo PlayStation because there was like photos and and like design documents that are like, oh, yeah, this is what it would look like. And people are like, I don't know if it even exists if, or if these are real pictures. And sure enough, here's a dude taking videos of it on a modern camera. Like, here it is. Here it is. You know, it, it doesn't exactly work right, but there it is. Yeah. So so this guy has a Nintendo PlayStation and I won't get into like how he found it, but this guy has this incredibly rare, like another one has never been found. It's the only one in existence and he's been touring it around to, to gamer conventions, you know, like just to, for people to see, which is amazing. Cause like 
how often does that happen? How often does something incredibly rare like that get found and not just get, you know, now it's in a museum, come see it at the museum, you know? Right, yes. Like, this guy's been touring the, the, the Nintendo PlayStation around at shows, and people have been able to play games on it, because that's the thing, like, it works. Like, they did, they cleaned it up, and they, they took it to a guy, and he did some some uh, changing, like, he changed a couple parts around, and sure enough, this thing plays Super Nintendo cartridges, and it plays CDs. Now, of course, no games were created for it, so it doesn't exactly play any games. Like, you can't just put, like, a PlayStation 1 game in it, but it plays CDs, like, you know, throw some Metallica in there or something. Right, yeah, right? you can get some background music, yeah. Exactly, but it will play Super Nintendo games. Like, the, I, I know that they, they show a lot of Street Fighter is a game that gets played in it a lot, and Mortal Kombat is well like old super nintendo games and the guy who's been touring around with it i I forget what his name is at the moment i think it's olafson i think it is he's decided he's done he's been touring it around for a few years he's happy that people got to play it he's happy that people got to see it he's done he's 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 cashing in his chips and he's getting out of this race you know like i guess he's made some money going to conventions with this this thing and he's made some deals because i know there's like a company that they sell like a like a thing that ups the graphics and in like hd and stuff and and basically like he signed a deal with with this guy that it would never be displayed without this graphics converter in it ever again which was like you know a win for that guy because people would always see it with this graphics converter on it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you're converting the graphics of Super Nintendo games that we've already seen before. Kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. this is nothing so, new. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the, you know, so this guy, he's cashing out and he's actually taken the, the Nintendo PlayStation and he's selling it via auction. And I mean, that's the best possible place he could sell it is because he's going to make a lot of money. Now, there's still something at the time we're recording this, like 20 more days in the auction. How much money do you think is currently raised for this auction? How long has it been up for? Like five, five, six days. I think it might be a 30-day auction. So maybe at most 10 days. Kind of maybe a third of the way through. Yeah. I'm going to say like 150,000 maybe. Add 200,000 more to that number. Damn. Yeah. So for current, the current bid is $350,000. And I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with the way that this website works. I've never used this heritage auctions website that it's on before, Mm -hmm. but it looks like it says this bid is winning until 360,000. I think it basically says that this guy, like the guy, the guy who currently has the highest bid said that I will bid up to 360,000, but because he's bidding over somebody who bid like, you know, 340,000, it only bumped him up to 350,000. Right. Okay. Or something like that. So, yeah. So, cur- I guess you could say the current bid is around $360,000, which is insane. I am sure it's still going to go higher, too. I would I would guess maybe half a million, maybe even cracks a million dollars, you know, when the big players really come in, right? Yeah, and, and I'm curious as to who is going to buy it because from what I was I've been reading, the current oh now I'm now I'm forgetting his name too. The guy who has the current highest bid is the founder of Oculus. Oh, um, Oculus is isn't that John Carmack? No. No, he works. A, he's a high up, but he's not the founder. Let's find out real quick here. P- 
Palmer Lucky. That's the guy. Palmer Lucky is is currently the highest bidder on the Nintendo PlayStation. Now, and the question is, if he wins it, what does that do? Does he just stick it on a shelf and be like, ha ha, <laughs> it's mine now. Yeah, I'm the only one who owns one of these. Or does he continue, you know, does he continue to tour it around for people to see? Does it get donated to a museum? Like, what, what would you do with it, you know? Who knows? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like the museum route has to be the way to go. Because uh, do you remember, there was one in uh, in Toronto probably like five six years ago now it was basically the history of video games or it was like the science center or something like i wonder if if it gets sent or donated to something like that where at least you can still sort of see it and play around with it but it is protected you know yeah. i think it's like that was kind of like a perfect compromise right yeah like like i personally i would never want to own it because i th- as, as amazing as it would be to be like look i have the only one you know like one what am i ever going to do with it Kind of a thing. Like I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not going to. It's clearly way outside my my price range. <laughs> That's right. Unless this podcast really takes off in the next. Yeah, but but like it's not something that I would ever have bid on because it's just, as, as as amazing as it is. What are you going to do with it? You know, like. I don't have the means to show it off to other people, and but I and and I feel like that's something that needs to be shared with people. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely like a, something that needs to be preserved you know it's it's an important as much as like you know i'm sure both nintendo and sony are like uh stop showing that thing you know like (laughs) it's it's important it's it's very important to the history of video games well it really is why i mean it's what brought sony into the market and sony is the king right now you know whether you whether you like it or not so yeah it's a very important fork in the road that's for sure Definitely, definitely. There's actually a podcast that I, I listen to. They're in the process of doing reruns. Uh, have you ever heard of Business Wars? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So Business Wars is a podcast where they talk about you know Netflix versus Blockbuster Video and like all these companies that went to war with each other. And it just so happens that they're doing Nintendo versus PlayStation right now. They they are uh, re-airing their classic Nintendo versus PlayStation series. And and so you can hear about the history of of how Nintendo screwed PlayStation and how PlayStation was like, nope, now we're gonna do our own thing. And then how you know they continued to beat them at their own game and. And all that stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. very interesting. I wonder if they're going to do an update because they did it a, f- a few years ago now. And it's not the first time that they've redone, like they've re-aired a series. And last time it was Netflix versus Blockbuster. And they added more content at the end because since they originally aired it, a lot had happened in the net world of Netflix. So they, they had a lot of updates that they could add. So I'm curious if they're going to do the same thing now, now that we're in the shadow of PlayStation 5 and, and all of the new consoles coming. Yeah, I feel like they'll throw in like an addendum, like a little five-minute extra thing on the end. The the only thing that I think is really funny is I'm listening to this and, and I'm, I'm very impressed at the amount of research that they've done because there's a lot of stuff that they mentioned that I'm like, you know, casual people who didn't do their research would not have known about this. Like one of the things that they talk about is to get developers on board with making PlayStation games. They showed them a demo of a Tyrannosaurus Rex walking. And it, mm-hmm. it was it was the first thing that they showed off to be like, look how good our 3D engine is. And at the time, like, it was mind-blowing. Like, it was a r- unbelievable how good it looked. We're talking about, oh, Jurassic Park just came out on theaters. Here's a, a video game version of that dinosaur 
that looks almost as good as the graphics in the movie, like as the VFX in the movie. And it blew people's minds. And they knew about that. Like they talked about that, that demo. They play audio from the demo. If you Google PlayStation T-Rex demo, there's a song that plays during the demo. That song is in their episode of the podcast. So whoever is talking about it clearly is paying attention and they're doing their research. But they don't know how to pronounce anybody's names. <laughs> Damn Americans, I tell you. But like, there's a lot of, and it's not even just Japanese names, but there's like, just a few, a bunch of names that the like the guy he just butchers them, and I'm like, how did you get these little facts, these tiny facts that nobody would have ever really noticed if you didn't put them in? But meanwhile, you can't get this company's name right, <laughs> you know, or the owner of this company, or, or like, I've tried to think of like, you know, Konami, the company Konami. Yes, yeah. He keeps calling it like Konami. <laughs> and he says it like a billion times and I'm like, stop yeah. saying Konami. It's not Konami. Yeah, it's, it's Konami. Just, it's his southern accent, Mike. That's how they all say it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. Anyway, it's a good series. Listen to it if you have the time. But yeah, anyway, back to podcasts that, that you're listening to instead of podcasts that you could be listening to. I have one more quick thing that I wanted to, to throw out there. Sure. And it kind of fits in what we were just talking about because, you know, back in the 90s, there's a lot of important things going on as well between, you know, video games and, and comics and, and all sorts of stuff. How big in your life was Batman the Animated Series on Fox Kids? <laughs> I'm going to say not as big as yours, <laughs> but really? I did okay. watch it. I was more always more of an X-Men kid. I, I like the X-Men animated series. The Batman one, though, I did watch. Right. You you watched it. Yes, you I'm familiar. It. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed uh, a Saturday morning now and then watching Batman. Yeah. So, Batman the Animated Series is – people still look back at it as like they could make serious animation for kids, you know? Like, Batman the Animated Series and X-Men, to another extent, didn't talk down to kids, you know? It wasn't like, all right, little buddy, let's go get the villain, you know? It was – they 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 spoke like they'd be speaking, you know, to adults kind right. of a thing. And in both cases, those cartoons hold up very well, even today. And, I mean, Batman, the animated series, spawned an entire universe of cartoons. You know, the Superman cartoon, the Justice League cartoon, they they all are connected to that, that world. Well, Batman stopped airing quite a long time ago, but they're bringing it back, so to speak. DC announced that they're actually continuing the world of Batman, the animated series, as a comic book. Oh, okay. So kind of going back, back in time then. Yes. So they are actually bringing back one of the the head writers of the original show, Paul Dini, who's actually one of the co-creators of Harley Quinn because she was created for Batman, the animated series. Okay. And, you know, look at her now. She's in movies and such. But they brought him back and he's actually going to be writing new adventures that take place in that world. And they're going to actually touch on characters that never were in the original animated series for whatever reason. So that, I think that's really interesting. And I'm curious as to what they're going to do with that. Yeah. I'm actually sort of surprised they didn't keep making the animated series and sell it to Netflix or something like that. You know, I feel like that's the way that they're all going now, um, especially with like a lot of nostalgia shows and band plays like Disney plus. I'm surprised that they just didn't continue that. But I mean, for a comic guy like you, I feel like this has got to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. Especially, I want to know what they're going to do to address the change in order of Robins. 
Okay. Well, in, in the animated series cartoon, there's only been two Robins. Mm-hmm. And one was Dick Grayson, who was Robin when the show started, and then later on becomes Nightwing. And then there was Tim Drake, who was Robin later. Well, there's actually a third Robin, Jason Todd, who was in between those two in the comics. And Jason Todd is the Robin that got beaten to death by the Joker. Like, he oh. beat him to, yeah, he beat him to death with a crowbar and then blew up his body. So that's probably why I did make the animated. Uh. I would assume, <laughs> but like in the comics, it actually Jason came back. They brought him back. Like, do you remember Rachel Ghoul at all? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do you remember that he would go into the Lazarus Pit and come back? Mm-hmm. Well, they did that. They they took Jason Todd's body and they put him in the Lazarus Pit, and he came back. And then he became a villain known as the Red Hood. Well, supposedly that's the direction that they're going to go in the animated series is Jason Todd is going to show up and then the Red Hood is going to show up, but they haven't really expressed how that's going to happen. So it should be interesting to see like, well, is he going to have been like, oh yeah, Jason was Robin for like a week. And then we, we just didn't address that because he died so quickly or, you know, or, (laughs) or will he take up as Robin for a little while and then die and then become Red Hood? Cause right. You know, Because that's the thing about Red Hood. Red Hood just represents Batman's greatest failure, kind of a thing. So it, it's it it's always makes always makes for a great story when when Red Hood is around. So right. So is there a timeline as to when this is coming out? I think it's coming out in the summer. Also, oh, it's it's kind of in development now. There, yeah. they'll be ready to launch soon. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was one of those. Yeah, we're gonna do it. You know, check your your TV or check your comic book stores in 2025, you know. Well, there's already actually art. Like, the cover for the first issue is already available. So, okay. Let me find this out. Oh, apparently there's new. There's new information. There's, like, apparently there's a toy line that's uh, been a... That they're talking about where they're going to make all these new characters who have appeared since. And they're going to put them in the animated Batman style. So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, like the Batman who laughs. Do you know who the Batman who laughs is? No. It's it's a Batman from an alternate universe who's basically the Joker. But he's oh. Batman. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, it's a miniseries. But anyway, it's going to be coming up. It is a miniseries. In the fall. In the says. fall. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll, so we'll put that up. Circle the, the whole fall on the calendar. Somewhere. No, no, this is April. Why did it say fall last time? I'm going to believe this one. <laughs> this one says April. This one of these is... <laughs> Let's just say 2020. It's coming out this year at well, some I mean, point. One of these was like... Yeah, one of them was What Culture, and the other one is Entertainment Weekly. I'm going to go with Entertainment Weekly yeah. and say that April is is the one to to pay more attention to. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 where we're gonna where we're gonna leave that. Have yeah. fun in April and what and read that and it, relive all your Batman the animated series memories. And then maybe if it's successful, who knows? They'll they'll can make it a continuing series that's full of all of the characters who never made it into the show because there's been tons since like Hush. You have no idea who Hush no, is. God, no. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think you would know who that is now. And they're always, though, I'm sure there'll always be more Harley Quinn and and things like that. Maybe mm-hmm. Batman Who Laughs will show up. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. And maybe they'll bring in Batman's illegitimate child. 
All right. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you knew or not if I was making that up. I, I, you know what, Mike? I just have so much trust in you when it comes to comic stuff that I just have to believe everything you say. Well, you should because that one's real. <laughs> He's got an illegitimate child. Oh, He's wow. the fourth Rob <laughs> or the fifth, depending on R- right, right. The, in the, but, the the never-ending line of Robins. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's the girl Robin. She didn't last very long. No. As Robin. But she was a good Robin. Anyway, before I can continue to talk about comic books for too long, uh, I think I'm going to do what I should have done a while ago and end this episode of Part-Time Nerds Full-Time Dads. You can follow along with our adventures in parenting at parttimenerdsfulltimedads.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast listening services. If you want to get a hold of us and let us know any helpful tips or even tell us what we said is dead wrong, you can send an email to the dads at parttimenerdsfulltimedads.com or raise us on our Twitter or Facebook accounts at PTNerdsFTDads. We'll be back next week with more Nerdy Dad advice for people who are most certainly not qualified to give any whatsoever until next time i am mike and i am chris and we'll talk to you again uh, soon 